Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms. God bless everybody for just being here. We're going to read the word of the Lord. This is why we're here. We're not here for, for interesting, funny stories or to be entertained. We want to get the word of God in our hearts. We want to get it planted in our hearts. There's a lot of just garbage, bad information the world, the enemies put in our hearts and minds. And we want to hear the word of the Lord and let him put in his truth. So much of what's already been said just lines up so much with what I'm going to be teaching tonight. And I appreciate everybody being sensitive to God's God's direction here. Praise God. Psalm 119. We're not going to read the whole thing tonight. Amen. I think it's 176 verses. No, we're just going to read a few at the beginning. But let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for, Lord, not only your love, but your truth, God. Thank you for talking to us, Lord, in this service already. Guess I ask you, Lord, please, to just give us an ear to hear. Give us hearts that want to be doers, God, that want to be obedient to you. Bless each life, God, I pray with truth. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Psalm 119, verse 1 says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with a whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. God bless you. You can be seated. Good testimonies tonight. Thank God for those that just worship God and his presence here tonight. Such a blessing. I uh, was praying here recently. Praying for the church, praying for my brothers and sisters, and and just asking God to help us all just be everything He wants us to be. Yeah. Do you ever just take some time and say, God, you've got a plan for my life. It's a good plan. Yeah. Let me tell you this, you might not realize it now, but God's got good things in store for you. If you'll just say, God, I want to follow you, he'll lead you in a way that you'll be blessed. Right. Amen. I know sometimes we might look at somebody else in the church and say, well, I don't know if what they're doing and how they're uh, filling their time, if that's really something that I would be into. You let God lead you. God's got specific gifts and talents in you that he wants to bring out and you'll be blessed by it. I'm so thankful, not only that last song Sister Katie sang for us, but some of the testimonies tonight, especially Sister Madeline. She talked about just, I don't know if I could quote it just as good as she said it, but blessed to be blessed and, and blessed. and I don't know, maybe she said blessed to be blessed, blessed. I'm not sure. But when I came to God, uh, I, I just, uh, I'll tell you maybe... 
in uh, a lot of people's eyes. I wasn't just as messed up and as bad off as some others. But I realized when I came in the presence of God, I needed a Savior just as much as anybody else. Amen. I, I needed God. I thought I was doing pretty good, and that could be a dangerous place. You know, for God to be able to shine light in you when you feel like you're a pretty good person. I'm not the drug addict. I don't need a, a, a saving, but you find out, you know what? I do. I need God. Everybody needs God. Everybody needs God. And we're not to compare ourselves to somebody else. God's, you're just as lost as anybody else. You're just as in need of a savior as anybody who's ever lived. I remember talking to a man at work years ago. I shared some time to some I know that that tried to tell me, I'm not such a bad person. You've heard things about me. And I, I got to be this man's friend and he was, he was living some well, he was living some pretty rough, rough days in his life and making some pretty bad choices. But he wanted to convince me so much how much he wasn't such a bad person. You think I'm a bad person? I never said that. I'm not so bad. I don't think you are bad. And it just seemed like it was eating at him. I said, now listen. God doesn't look at this world and say good and bad and good and bad and kind of weigh you on a scales like a lot of times you hear stories about your goodness outweighing your badness. No, it's saved and lost. Is Jesus your savior? You have no right to look at somebody you think is living a worse lifestyle than you and say, you know what, I'm good compared to them. Are you good compared to a holy God? We need a Savior. We need what Jesus did on the cross. When I found out what Jesus did for me, when he showed me that it wasn't about just playing church, playing religion, going to church and and going through the motions, but a life of, of being his child and filling me with his love, filling me with his power, I realized how empty I was. And God changed me and God Gave me purpose in my life. Filled me. Fulfilled me. I found what I was looking for. I I found what this world needs. I found the answer to to the depression. I found the answer to the addictions. I found the answer to the hate that's in this world. I found Jesus. He fills that emptiness, that void in your life. And he gives you a life. It gives you an abundant life. When God changed my life, when God showed himself to me, I couldn't get enough of him. God changed my, I only wanted more. Something I think that has shocked me. Something that I, I have to say a lot of times when people are battling, people are struggling, people are feeling even a crisis in their faith. I get that. I understand. I, I'm familiar with this battle. I've fought some battles. I've been doing this for a while, helping people fight battles. I get how tough it can be sometimes. But the idea of not just wanting more of Jesus, I don't understand. I don't get that. When you realize how much God really cares about God Almighty, the King of Kings, The Lord of Lords cares about me, has a plan for my life, will bless you and bless you and bless you. 
To pray, you walk away blessed. To praise Him, you feel the blessings. To do something for Him, you feel so blessed. Why wouldn't I want more? When I see people so casual, so unmotivated, I, I just want to, I wanted more of his presence. Amen. When I, when God filled me with the Holy Ghost and I felt like that you could just feel God like that and that God would, would just cleanse you and purify you, I wanted more of it. I wanted to go deeper into it. Amen. I wanted, I wanted every, I wanted to be in every service. I wanted to get in the middle of what God was doing. I didn't want to have anything distracting me. It, I didn't get why people didn't want more of it. Can you imagine if ice cream was the healthiest food in the world and that you wouldn't gain a pound how much ice cream you could eat? Hello? Loving God is so much more than that. Some of you, you're not ice cream people? I don't know if I trust you. I'm telling you, if you could get something so satisfying, so fulfilling, so amazing, and it just, and you can say, wait, wait a minute, you can go deeper, you can have more, you can, I, I want more of this. See, some of you, when you first came to God and you came to, into the house of God, God filled you and you said, you know what, why can't we be here every night? Some of you already just, I felt that. Oh, what's he going to, uh, every night, what does he expect? But some of you say, oh, that'd be so awesome. Oh, yeah. Now, we are not going to spend every day in church, but listen to me. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Just to say, I love this. Yeah. Jesus said, blessed. Somebody say it, blessed. Yeah. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I don't really waste a lot of time because I don't think I have to go to church to be saved. I don't think I have to pray like that to be saved. I don't think I have to be filled like that to be saved. Again, if I go back to the ice cream analogy, yeah, but why not? <laughs> if it's good for me and it's amazing, why would I even take some time to say, well, do I need, I want more of that. I'm hungry for more of that. Amen. I, something's wrong if you're not getting this, that, that God is so good. I get some religion, some people's ideas of church has turned them against it. Sadly, I have to tell a lot of people, I know there's a lot of bad examples of what, of who Jesus is, of what Christians are. Amen. I know about boredom, and I know that there's a, a, a form of godliness, and I know. But when you really get saved, when you realize God wants to take away the things in your life that have been hurting you, binding you, draw, pulling you down, and fill you with life and joy and peace, and then somebody tells me, you know, there's more, and I start reading my Bible. And I start saying, hey, these people had a walk with God. I want what they've got. Yeah. I want more. You know, I, I read in, in the book of Revelation, third chapter, Jesus is talking to the church, sadly. And he's warning them because they're satisfied. He says they think that they're rich and increased because they have need of nothing. But the Lord just warns them against something called lukewarmness. Being just, eh, mediocre, 
It's all right. I'm not, I'm not so bad. I'm not, I'm not like I used to be, but are you really just excited about on fire for God? See, the Bible says that this is God's understanding. This isn't just my idea that you might say, well, you know, that's great for you, but I don't see it that way. Jesus told the church that because you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Something about a loving God that would just do so much to love you. That he would die on the cross for you. That he would come and, and feel, want to fill you, want you to be in heaven after all the stuff you've been and done. And still say, I want you to be my child. You don't deserve it, but I don't care. I love you, and I'm going to do what it takes to get you into heaven. God says, for you to... And it just makes sense. It's reasonable. For him to love you that much and do so much for you and you to be like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I've got my own life too here, but you're part of it. He said, because you're lukewarm, I'd sp- I'll spew you out of my mouth. It-, it makes the Lord sick to think that he would love you so much and you'd be so, yeah, you're, you're okay. I'm not saying I don't like you. I, I think you're awesome. But, you know, I- I've got other things that I like too. See, when I started loving God, everything else that was clean in my life and good in my life, he made it better. He made it better. And all I've wanted was more, more of him, more of his presence, more of his gifts, more. It, it, It would scare me to think that my life could get distracted from him being first in my life because I know. How good he has been to me. And it doesn't make, it just never made a lot of sense. Never made a lot of sense to me that God could love us so much to die on a cross and to, to want to be a good father to us, to bring healing to our hearts. Because he knows you're broken. He knows you're hurting. He knows the wounds that you're carrying around. He does. He gets that. And I know a lot of people get angry with God and say, well, you know, why did you let this happen to me? But he wants to heal you of those things. He didn't do that to you, but he's calling you and drawing you. And you say, well, it's just not fair. It's not right that he let some things happen in my life that wounded me. I want to tell you something. When you surrender it all to God, you're going to have some scars when he heals you. But those are going to make your life so much more equipped to help other people get through some things. You're going to realize the healing power of God took you out of some things. And that even in those battles, I know this is going to be really hard for some to hear, but even in those hard times that hurt you, you know, God had a plan for your life to bring you through and, and be your strength and, and, and work through your testimony. First Corinthians 15, first Corinthians 15. See, there, there've been things in my life as you turn to that, there've been things in my life. I can tell you right now. I've heard preachers say, you ought to thank God for it. And I said, you're crazy. I've been, I've been hurt pretty bad. I've been done pretty dirty. I've been, I've been, I've been betrayed and I've been done wrong. I understand some, some things on a very deep level. Listen, but, uh, but I realize now that when I've given that to God, because of those things, he's put strengths in me that I don't think I could have any other way. And I'm so thankful today that 
Not for what I had to go through, but for the results of, of who God made me through the fires. Amen. I, I mean that. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is talking. Now, Paul uh, is an amazing man with a great testimony. And, uh, but, you know, he came from a background where he persecuted the church. He would get excited if he could, he could get Christians in jail or even better yet, stoned to death. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9 says, For I am the least of the apostles. I'm not, that am not meet to be called. It's not right for me to even be an apostle, an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. God's mercy, God's love in my life. Took me out of a background that I'm ashamed of, that I'm not, I'm not proud at all of. And his great grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me, which was with me. Paul said, I know what I was. And God gave me a chance to be a different man. God gave me a a space of of mercy that I could repent and turn away from an old life. And when God gave me that, I did not take it for granted. It was not in vain. When God opened that door, I said, you know what? I don't deserve to be a Christian. You know, people that think they're God's gift to to God, (laughs) to the church, to God's kingdom, you know, if everybody else thinks you're amazing, great. That's, that's a good testimony. But when you're your hero, you know, that's pride. Paul said, I don't deserve to be called an apostle. But I will tell you this. When God gave me a chance to get away from that road to hell that I was on and open the door to the kingdom of heaven, I did everything I could To live for him, to work for him, to grow for him, to be a blessing. Because I know what kind of mess I was. Why not? Why not? When God shows you that much mercy and he's that good to you, why not surrender all? I I, want to talk about these two things today. I, I don't really understand why people allow themselves to be lukewarm. Such a good God. Such a good God. So many blessings. Praise God. But, you know, when I when I came to God and one thing that really surprised me when I started serving God more and more and and then getting into the ministry was not only how much lukewarmness is amongst those that are calling themselves Christians. But I want to tell you something else that I think is so imperative, so important to to a healthy walk with God. I mean, we're talking about our souls, right? Talking about eternity. We're talking about getting ready for what happens because it's appointed unto man wants to die. You say that's pretty blunt. Well, I'll tell you something. When I got right with God, I didn't want people to play games with my soul. Amen. You don't have to hide this in some some sugar-coated story, preacher. Just go ahead and tell me what I need to do to get right with God. Amen. Don't lie to me and say that I'm so awesome and I'm so great. And I, I know that I've got things that need worked on. Amen. I, 
I thank God that what we read here in our text back in uh, Psalm 119, blessed are the undefiled way who walk in the law of God, that keep his testimonies, seek him with their whole heart, walk in his ways, keep his precepts diligently. I need to know those precepts. I need to know his will so that I can walk in it and obey it. And I want somebody to be honest with me and just brutally honest with me and tell me, hey, this is what the word of God says. I want to be saved. I know there's a lot of people and I appreciate Everybody saying amen and getting behind this. And I know, uh, I know you mean that, but there's a lot of folks. It's easy to amen. And it's another thing when you get offended, when, when the preacher's getting right down to where you're living. Amen. I tell you what, when I came to God, I realized he's got to be Lord in my life. One of the biggest lies that's told in church is Jesus is Lord. See that word Lord has a meaning to it. Is not just something we say. That means he's in charge. Amen. You don't shouldn't be offended in that. He's awesome. He's great. He loves you. He knows the future of your life. And he wants to spare you from the hurt and the trouble that you've been getting yourself into. So you can trust him. And I love learning the the whys and what fors of the word of God. And I want to know more of it. But you know, when I first came to God, I said, okay, God, you're God. And if that's what your Bible says, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and do that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You don't have to make it make sense so much to me. As long as I understand that's your will, your way, Lord, help. All you got to do is, well, put it in me. <laughs> Because my ways are weak. I need you. So I want you to show me, teach me. I got hungry not only for his presence, for his power, for his gifts, but I got hungry for truth. See, I realize, I realize there's a lot of people pleasers in pulpits. Amen. A lot of folks that I I just don't want to offend you and I don't want to hurt you. Can you imagine Trying to find a doctor that'll lie to you to make you feel better when you're sick. Can you imagine looking for somebody that says, we don't believe in any kind of pills that taste bad. We don't believe in any kind of needles that might hurt you. We're not going to give you any bad news at all. (laughs) Say, well, it kind of sounds okay to me. But, you know, you need the truth. You know, there are. I've I've had some talks with people. I'm not just making this up or coming up with fake facts from the from the Internet. I I know there's a lot of practices now that say, well, what would really bring healing in that person's life is making better life choices. But we know they're not going to do that. So we're just going to give them a pill because it's easy. And it's not going to heal anything. It's going to keep money coming our way for sure. But but the bottom line really is they're not going to do what it takes to be better. Amen. We talked to a woman here a while back, friend of my daughter's, and and said that how she's talked to people already that that are living a life uh, that uh, uh, is causing them to 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 have to have you know, toes and their foot cut off because of diabetes and gangrene and setting in. And they just, just take it off. Get it away from me. I don't want that anymore. My trouble's solved. They say, no, 
Your problem's not solved until you fix the things that got you here. And if you're not willing to do that, you'll be in a couple more in another year and we'll, we'll take some, take the other foot off. How tragic is that? The mentality that I believe is in this day and age of give me an easy way. You'll see it in the Bible. They told the prophets, preach to us smooth things. Tell us some of the preachers having people having itching ears. Tell me what I want to hear rather than what I need to hear. Something in me said, I don't need that in my life. Amen. I'm not looking for Mr. Personality to pat me on the back and make me feel good about myself. Because I realize if the preacher's preaching to me and he brings conviction in my life, I can go to the altar and say, God, I'm so sorry. And then when I get up, I feel so much better than when I walked to the door the first time. I found out that sometimes it's hard to hear, hey, you know what? You need to forgive somebody. Sometimes it's tough to hear you've been doing your best to try it, but here's some things that you forgot and some things you missed. Really? But see, God's so good. You come to an altar and say, oh, God, I know that's right. Thank you for showing. See, he's a good God. He's not going to beat you down. He's not going to hurt you. He's going to help you. And when he's saying, you know what, some of those things in your life right now, it's not really helping you. It, it, I, I remember when I, when I was coming to God and I had to get through a lot of that, like I said, self-righteousness. I was, you know, in, I, I was raised around church. I say going to church, but not really having it in my life and in my home. And God just started dealing with some things in my life one step at a time. Some of the things that were, some of the things that I was listening to, some of the things that I was watching, some of the things that, that just were putting in me things that were ungodly. Amen. And sometimes I, I thought, God, I don't, I'm not sure why you're just laying this on my heart. I'm not sure why you just really, I, I didn't think it was a problem, but God, I want to follow you. And every step of the way, he's just made it better and better and better. Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, Deuteronomy 28. I want to tell somebody here today that living for God is a blessed life. And whatever perception or idea you have about religion and what they stand for. When you start following God, he'll sanctify your life. He'll, he'll take out the old things and fill, fill your life with new, better, improved things. Every time. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day. That the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations, all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Does anybody know how that how that's true? When you begin to hearken diligently, that means to listen carefully, pay attention to God, what his will is. It's going to, there's going to be a conflict. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you ahead of time. God's going to say, Hey, this is what I like. You say, Oh, I don't know if I like that. I like this. And God says, I don't like that. 
be God. Because God knows what's going to pull you down and what's going to build you up. Amen. You listen, you pay attention, and, and then you not only hear, but you do. I know it's not a very popular word. It really ought to be in, uh, in church, but to obey him. If he's God in your life, if he's Lord in your life, you're going to obey him. Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. You're going to obey me, and it's not going to be grievous to you. You're not going to look at God and say, oh, this is so hard living for you. You're doing it wrong. Listen to me. If you just surrender to God, he's going to bless you abundantly. You're going to, he'll fill you with his love, his power. It's going to be the best life you never thought you'd be able to live. Because God knows you. He made you. He knows you. He knows more than you do. What's going to satisfy you? What's going to make you feel joy? What's going to make you feel feel blessed? Amen. The best that sin has to offer just doesn't come near what God can do. Every every high, every buzz, every thrill of this world has nothing on having a life surrendered to God. When you give your whole life to him and get hungry for more of him and, and, and say, God, just teach me, lead me. I want, I want as much as I can get. He will. What, what does it say here? His blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. It's almost like he's just going to gonna rush at you, get you in a big old bear hug and tackle you to the ground with blessings. Amen. Amen. Now, some of you looking at me like you think you're just trying to trying to uh, portray a picture here. That's what God said. And, and people here, they know what I'm talking about. I don't deserve this. I don't. I just bless it. He bless, bless. Amen. Just God's so good. And that's what he does. But there's a lot of times people just kind of come into the house of God, come to God and just say, well, God. I want just enough. I don't want to go to hell. That sounds horrible. I, 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 don't, want to, I don't want to be lost. I, I, want to, I want to call myself a Christian. I want you to be there when I pray and I have needs if I, to keep me out of trouble. Sometimes if I make bad decisions, I'm going to pray and ask God to take away the consequences from my bad actions, of course. But when you let God be a good father to you, a friend to you, start talking to you, dealing with you, getting down into your life and into your heart and and rewiring you some folks said this morning in their testimonies amen he's going to bless you let's bow our heads in prayer the word of god will teach you how good he is and his plan for you to bless your life See, God cares about you so much that he would, he would take your guilt and your shame of your sins and take it onto the cross and die with it. That's a lot of love. And you know, he's seen you at your worst. He's seen you 
and he cares about you. And his plan for you is not just to take away the consequence of sin, but to take away the root of it. To change your heart and put a new heart in you. The Bible talks about having a stony heart, a hardened heart. And he wants to take that out of you. Put something in you that that you can feel his love. You can feel his Strength, you can feel his presence working in you. Hallelujah. He knows what you've been through, he knows what you have faced. You say, Pastor, it's just not fair what I've been through, and I probably agree with you. There's a lot of things in this world that aren't fair, but God's. God's the one that's reaching for you and saying, I want to I be your father. I want to be your friend. I want to be your savior. Because in this world, there's a lot of turmoil and trouble. It's not everything that's happening in this world right now is God's fault and God's will. But he's reaching to those that are hurting, those that want to be saved and saying, come to me and I'll give you peace. Come to me and I'll give you rest. Some of you today, you've been in church for a lot of your lives. But listen, beware of lukewarmness. Beware of an attitude that is casual. He's, he's a God that wants to bless you. He's a God that wants nothing more than to be your closest friends. Don't push Him off. Dig on deeper. Dig deeper into loving Him and walking with Him. And if you're here tonight and you're not sure that you're His child, listen, the Bible makes it very clear. He wants to save you. He wants to be that one that rescues you. You talk to Him tonight. I've been in a lot of services that do it a lot of different ways, but I'm going to ask you to talk to Him tonight and ask Him for His help. And He'll help you. Our Bibles call it repentance, where you you say, God, I want to I want to turn to you. I want to turn away from an old life, and I I want to find out more and more about these blessings. I want to to dig a little deeper than just a casual relationship with you. Somebody help me pray right now. God is in this house, reaching for souls. If you'll reach out to God and let Him lead you to be sorry for an old life and ask him for a new life he'll do just that he has mercy for you to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness but you've got to come to him and say yes yes to his plan yes to his will maybe right now you're not ready to say you know what that that 100% just digging in with all my heart, just getting more and more. Maybe you're just not convinced that's the right thing for you, but listen to me. You reach out to God and you'll see. You'll see. It's the best thing you ever did. And when you start experiencing the blessings, the power, the love of God, it just keeps getting better the more you reach out to Him. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Let's take some time and talk to God. It's bigger.
church for a while, you've been serving God for a while, but you lose that fire. You lose that zeal, that first love. Jesus told the one church there in Revelation to remember from whence you're fallen and get back to where you started. Do the first works over again. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to love your word, to let your spirit be brutally honest with what we need. God, open our hearts to receive it. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord, again for your presence. Thank you for your help today. Lord, thank you for just so many blessings. Lord, have your way, I pray, in each one of our lives. Continue to lead us and guide us closer to you. Lord, keep us safe as we travel on these streets, God, and just work through each one for your glory. We love you so much. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.